Welcome back, everyone, to episode 10 of Just a Couple Thoughts. The big 10. The big 10. The big 1 0. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm excited that we got here. Yeah. The big 10. Yeah, 10 weeks, Sarah. 10 weeks. And we only really had one super delayed episode, which was mm. last week's. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe this week be delayed. We have stuff going on in the weekend. But, yes. Episode 10 of Just a Couple Thoughts. Episode 10. Yeah. Wow. We did it. We committed. Yeah. We committed to 10 straight weeks. I mean, I didn't. I don't really do anything. Well, just, you're half of this podcast. Yeah, but I don't edit. I don't set up. I just come here and I, uh, I, I sit down and I talk to you. Sarah, you need to keep up the illusion that you help out on this podcast. <laughs> I made the thumbnail. That's true. And I, uh, you made the icon. I made the icon. You're the art director of this podcast. Yeah, it's a very important role. Very important role that I play. Yeah. So, episode 10. It is. Do you have a topic for today? Just want to make sure. Uh, I have something I want to bring up, but that's later. Yeah. Yeah. So, first we do recap. We, have, we actually have plenty of recap this time around. Really? Yes. Mostly due to our friend Ying Yang first. Really? Yes. He's commented on... <laughs> Most of the videos. No way. Yeah. Hey, what's up? So on episode two of Just a Couple of Thoughts, mm. you remember the robot sex and regular sex. Ah, uh, um. So he posted a comment. My two sets on the robo prostitution is unless the robot has sentience or free will, which it never will, honestly. <laughs> but that's besides the point. In spite of the Turing test, it's just a sex toy, no matter how convincing or human-like that may appear or seem, unless it's truly free-thinking construct, it's just a sex toy. So, what do you think about that? I mean, like, in that podcast, uh, that is pretty much what I said. Like, it's it's a tool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's uh, it's something that, like, humans built. I've been thinking about it, though. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit. Because it's like, I feel like it's in that, you know, weird area where it's not gonna be like ever really free thinking okay so as an engineer i don't think robot sentience is possible Hmm. uh i think unless you go into like weird like biotechnology by that point you're making clones it's not really a a robot anymore Hmm. but yeah unless you get into like weird biotechnology like robots having sentience like straight robots having sentience is not necessarily possible it may be super convincing but that's like a philosophical question at that point, yeah. right? Yeah. But I think by all definitions, it's not possible. The difference being like, if I know that we didn't really bring it up, but like if we can end up making clones and we use clones for prostitution, is that ethical? They had a movie like that. Remember The Island? Oh, yeah. With um, What's-His-Face? Yeah. E- uh, even, uh, e- even McGregor? Yeah. It was his name, Evan. Is it Ewan? Ewan, Ewan right? E- e- now you're questioning how I pronounce it. Ewan. E- Ewan? I don't know. He's got a weird name. <laughs> it's not Evan. I know that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, mm. if you've never seen The Island, mm. I mean, you're not really missing out on anything. <laughs> it's like a pretty bad sci-fi movie where there's like this, I mean, spoilers, the island is like full of clones mm. and the clones are like of like famous people and they paid like a lot of money mm. to like have these clones but they don't know that they're actual clones i think i mean the the famous people mm-hmm. they don't know that the 
that they're actually getting clones. Mm -hmm. They just think that they're like reproducing People. parts hmm. and they're not like actually sentient. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the clone question is a different philosophical issue and ethical issue that I'm not going to get into. Uh, I think that's, that's something that's beyond my area of expertise. So moving on, uh, in episode three, is again again, when we're talking about the the media that affects us, and we also talk about dating for a little bit. Oh, let me. Re I, can I read it? Sure. So Yin says, the one piece of media that changed how I consume all media is one that's become one of my favorite films, in spite of that concept sounding a bit silly to me. Uh, how to Train Your Dragon two struck just the right notes with me and was the first piece of media to make me legitimately cry. I saw the movie at a pre-screening, so I wouldn't have I would have been 18 years old at the time. Without getting into spoilers for anyone who may be reading this and hasn't seen the movie yet, two or three events revolving around the dragon, Toothless, happen almost in sequence in the third act of the movie, all of which hit me pretty hard emotionally. The three in tandem got me to cry in the theater. After the movie, I noticed I've started connecting more with scenes in media evoking similar responses, even if the scenes aren't even, aren't even in the same vein. Most notably, My Hero Academia, which Sarah and Kevin both know is one of my favorite anime, has several scenes throughout the series that aren't sad, but still almost make me cry, mostly because I'm a sucker for self-sacrificing acts in pretty much anything. I don't know if I'd react the same if I hadn't seen How to Train Your Dragon 2. Hmm. So Sarah and I actually both watched uh, How to Train Your Dragon series and My Hero. We actually read the manga. We mentioned that in the first episode. Yeah. Um, we both agreed that the first, not the, first, the second uh, um, movie for How to Train Your Dragon is the best one, right? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the second one was, was really, I think it was pretty strong. Mm -hmm. And there it was like a lot of really cool moments in the second one. Mm. I don't know. I just really enjoyed the first one yeah. a lot. The first was very enjoyable. I think it's really strong. Uh, the entire um, series is actually really strong, but yeah. I, I I do think the second one's the best one. I, I like the second one a lot because it brings up important subjects without talking down to the viewers. Wait, are we talking about the first movie or second the second one. movie? You, so you like the second one more than you like the first one? Yeah, I do. Oh, I'd have to watch the second one again mm. because I really liked the second one, mm. but I don't know if I like it more than the first one. I don't know. I don't know. The first one's a, a very simple, feel good mm. kind of movie, kind of kids movie. Yeah. And that's kind of what I like about it. Mm. But then the second one, I feel like it's it's like an evolution of the first one, yeah. which how it it's how it should be. Yeah. I think it, it like, but like, like I said, it brings up important subjects about talking down to the viewer. Yeah. Which I feel like kids movies do too much of talking down to the viewers to the point where I actually actively don't like a lot of kids movies and it really isn't on purpose because I do I like kids movies but I don't like kid movies that come out generally I think when the good kid movies come out those are the movies that are like really attached to right mm. like um How to Dragon, a Dragon 2 is probably the best example for that uh some of the Disney movies are like that for me but I generally don't like Disney movies it, it's kind of weird. I have to think of like which ones I really, really like for the Disney movies. Um, I haven't seen it, but I feel like I would like the Fantastic Mr. Fox a lot. I don't know. Would you consider that a Disney movie? Oh, not Disney. A uh, kid's movie? Um, it's a movie. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd consider it a kid movie, mm -hmm. but 
Um, I haven't seen it in a really long time. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it since it came out. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't say. Yeah. Well, uh, I I really like you no know, kids stuff because I feel like kids stuff is there's a really good balance. Or there should be a good balance for good kids stuff where it should be basic entertaining, but it should also go into deep topics so kids can like absorb it better. Mm-hmm. Like they don't need to be complicated, but the subject matter they bring that uh, kids movie should bring up should be important. I think it's also interesting going back to um, Yin's post, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's interesting that how to train your dragon Two was the movie that really made you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that that's wrong or anything, nothing, nothing like that, but I just find it interesting that it was that movie. It was that movie in particular. Yeah. You know, um, which is awesome. You know, it's awesome when a, a movie can invoke those feelings in you. Um, for me, recently, that was like Coco. Coco, t- for me, was very... Um, it, was, it was a very emotional movie. Because mm-hmm. um, I have a lot like like what's going on in Miguel's life. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot I could attribute to my own life. Yeah, Coco was probably one of my more favorite recent Disney movies, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it was one, for a long time, I did not like Disney movies. I think like before Coco, the last one I liked was, I didn't see Tangled, so that was probably good. But before that, Princess and the Frog was the closest thing to one I liked, mm. right? And then I watched Coco. And coming out of Coco, I was like really pleasantly surprised about that movie. Like I really, I came out of it like, that was really good. Yeah. Uh, and the subjects that they bring up is really important for kids. Yeah. I, I honestly think like Coco is a great kids movie. I think the importance of culture that mm. they bring up. Yeah. Like, you know, family, you know. is from- is definitely a better kids movie than Frozen. I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you could find a movie that could make you feel that way and then attribute those feelings to like other forms of media. Yeah. That's cool. I, uh, yeah, no, but we're not to bring it up, like, it is kind of weird that it was that movie. Because I think for the pieces of media that really affect me, uh, when it comes to, like, at least kid movies, or movies that I can relate to more, hmm. right? And I don't know if, like, you can relate to Hollow Dragon Dragon 2 more than other kids' movies. Maybe you could, maybe you could and that's why it uh, affected them more. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I think of, like, Oh, the kids' movies that really affect me is ones that I, I can solidly relate to. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like the, the the main struggle, what the main character is going through, and it it also helps that the movie's good. Yeah. <laughs> so the next comment is from Kipes on episode six. He just says, "Oh, hi, Mark." <laughs> <laughs> I I wish I remember the episode well enough that I know what he's trying to say there. But I don't remember the what episode. Was, what what episode was that? Six. It was the ghost episode before you left. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Ben. <laughs> it's Kai. Oh, sorry. Not that it matters. We had him on as a guest, and I called him Ben the entire time. Oh. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> so, and then to our latest comment, it's from our Endgame um, podcast. Yeah. So it's also from Kipes. 
me and Pam should be Pam and I, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, both enjoyed the image fade in when you did when you started the podcast. That's when you were talking and thanking both the guests first. I actually did that before. If um, you remember in episode two when we talk about robot sex, mm-hmm. I did that before when I basically gave a a trigger warning for yeah because we delved into like very sexual things yeah, in that yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. And before we actually started the podcast, it was just black. And then when we started, I faded into the image. Mm-hmm. I When I edit these podcasts, I always make sure that the fade into the image is the start of us talking. Mm-mm. Right? Everything before that is usually... We usually either be like comments or like me giving a trigger warning. And if it fade out and we're still talking, it's probably just like extra stuff I like put in there. But I haven't done that yet. And then he also said, Avengers Endgame spoilers. <laughs> Uh, also, it was my assumption that Cap went back uh, to live uh, his old life. He's talking about Endgame. Um, but then later used the time, uh, time travel again to go back to the original timeline. How he did that, I don't know. So it's eh. I mean... It doesn't, it doesn't work that way in the movie. So <laughs> it, it's kind of hard. Like, I guess I can see what you mean. Like, if you want to try to justify it. But the way they established time travel in Endgame... Uh, oh, whoops, I forgot. Uh, spoilers for Endgame. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I'll just uh, c- c- cut this in in the beginning. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, sp- um, the way they established time travel in that movie, Cap doesn't... It, he should have appeared back in the time travel machine. He shouldn't just, you know, be there and no one notice. Yeah. Right? But that that's whatever. Yeah, that's all the recap we have. So, is there a topic you want to bring up? I just want to say thank you for to everyone who... The two people. The two people, our friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> who... Comments. Commented, yeah. Yeah, no, we really appreciate it. Like I said, uh, I will read every single one. We also have an email. Um, If you use that, then I'll find it easier. Not that much easier. We don't get that many comments. Mm. But, you know, one day, if we get more than, like, 10 comments a week, then I'm going to start using email more and more. Right? Well, that would be crazy. I can't um, even imagine 10 comments. 10 comments a week. That's a, that's a number of podcasts we have. <laughs> Big 10. Well, yeah. Uh, so, your topic, Sarah. Unless you want me to start. Um, Mine is just small, because I was just going to talk about, not about my Japan trip, Hmm. But like, like I said before, I don't, oh, maybe I didn't say this, but I don't really believe in ghosts, right? Yeah. I don't believe in ghosts, Hmm. but I am fully like. Willing. Yeah. I'm fully willing to believe a ghost exists, Hmm. right? Or ghosts in general exist. Hmm. Um, But I had two like experiences, right? Keeping up with this like ghostly corner over here. I've never had any experience, but okay. You've had an experience of some sort. I don't know. There must be some man living in your house. I don't know. That's weird. Your experience was weird. I'm just saying, like, this mm. This is like... I was at my grandparents' house again. Mm. And they live in Hawaii. Yeah. Just a recap for anyone who's new, right? Mm. So my, my grandparents live in Hawaii. And this is a two-story house. My grandpa used to make um, these dustpans before he passed away. Mm -hmm. And they were made out of like soy sauce containers. Mm. At least the first ones were. I'm not really sure about the 
new iterations. Yeah. So he had to pound them, right, in order to shape them in the shape that he wanted. Yeah. Um, and when I woke up that morning, I heard something like somebody pounding. Mm-hmm. Sounded like somebody pounding on like cans, right? So I assumed it was my cousin because he had stayed the night and he had taken over for my grandpa. So he was doing the orders for the cans and stuff and he was pounding them. Hmm. This is what I assumed. So I was like, it's whatever. It's probably my cousin. And I went downstairs and I ate breakfast and my cousin came in and I was like, oh, so you were you were pounding the dustpans? Hmm. He said, no. I was like, okay, that's a little weird. Mm. I don't know how to explain that. I was trying to think of like different different things, right? Because I'm like, it's 6.30 in the morning. That's mm. when I heard it, right? Yeah. Around 6.37. And like, nobody would be working on anything at 6.30 or 7 in the morning. Yeah. Right? Because that's inconsiderate yeah. to other, other people. Other than construction workers, but yeah. No, but if you're working um, in a residential area, you just don't mm. do that. Mm. You're not supposed to work um before a certain time yeah yeah so i just thought it was weird yeah right and it turns out that next that across the street they're doing construction okay right so i'm like that's probably it but it's 6 30 in the morning i don't know Hmm. but it's probably that right probably it's probably that and then my grandma was like oh you know they might be just prepping construction stuff maybe i don't know it sounded pretty like it was like this really consistent i don't know i'm not gonna think too much about it right Mm -hmm. because there's probably an explanation for it yeah right and it's probably the construction across the street yeah but then my grandma was like i think it was like like this panel up on the roof and like the rain last night so it sounds like dripping the dripping sounds like hammering and I'm like, that loud, though? I don't think so. I think it's more likely that it's construction. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the construction across the street. The other experience I had um, was uh, the mirror in my mom's room, which is the room that my sister and I sleep in. It moved mm-hmm. suddenly. And I thought, okay, maybe it's an earthquake, right? Yeah. Hawaii has those, probably. Hey, there's lots of tectonic plates over Hawaii. Yeah. So I'm like, it must have been an earthquake or something. Mm. And that's the only explanation I could have had, right? For why this mirror moved so violently, but nothing else really moved. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't feel it. Mm. I only saw the mirror move. Yeah. Which was weird. What's the mirror made out of? It's, It's made, well, it's part of a, part of like a vanity. Okay. So So is it mostly wood? Yeah. Okay. Do you have an explanation? Well, um, if it was made out of like steel or anything like anything spring-like, yeah, you could explain it through resonance, but that's not important right now. What I also found weird was, um, I was like, okay, it's either an earthquake, mm. right? Yeah. Which is not uncommon, right, in Hawaii. Yeah. Or it's the wind. Yeah. I'm like, it's got to be the wind, right? Because mm. I didn't feel anything. And I'm a very experienced earthquake person, right? California. As live, when you live in California. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't think it was an earthquake. And then I opened up, but like the only 
way wind could come in is from the other room. Yeah. Which all the windows were open. So I'm like, oh, it must have been the wind. Mm-hmm. Um, I opened up all the windows that night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it gets pr- the wind gets pretty strong. Right. Mm-hmm. The wind in that valley can go up to 50 miles per hour mm-hmm. if it's monsoon season or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, but it was it was pretty strong winds. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's the kind that like kind of whips your hair. Mm-hmm. That mirror did not move. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> it's just like the, I don't when know. it did move, there was only one window open. Is that what you said? It was... That could be it, huh? It so, could be just like the air was like tunneling in through... I but it wasn't windy. No, okay. So this is, this is what I was bringing up with residents. <laughs> so maybe I'll post in the description. There's this famous video of uh, a bridge, right? Yeah. And during one coincidentally windy day, um, it started vibrating the bridge, basically. Mm-hmm. So there's this thing called in mechanics called uh, resonance, mm-hmm. where if you get a certain frequency of vibration, it causes the vibration to grow to the point where it will just keep moving and moving uh, and vibrate more violently until the thing breaks, unless it's acted upon by outside force. So an example of that is um, there's this old bridge, and because that wind caused the bridge to vibrate in a certain frequency, it caused resonance. And resonance made the bridge just vibrate harder and harder and harder until the bridge just broke. And you could you could see the video like it literally just like swings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's funny because it's just this one dude's car there, and then um, and you just see the, the entire bridge just like snap. Yeah! Wow. Yeah. Actually, you know, I'll bring up the video. I'll just cut it up. So there you go. With that said, though. Uh, resonance is very rare to happen in nature. It's super rare. Can I just comment on that video (laughs) for a second? Sure. Because it's a very, if you haven't clicked on the, on the actual link Mm -hmm. to the video, I'm going to, um, describe it it for a second. There's an old timey, it's almost like silent film esque Mm -hmm. video. There's like, it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's like titles to the video it's so hilarious. He's like describing this thing and he's so like animated. Mm-hmm. There's this people are just calmly walking away from this swinging bridge. Well, it's because for residents to build up that much, especially on a, a huge thing like a bridge, it takes a long time. Like a stupid long time. That guy was sitting in his car forever. Well, it's because his dog was in the car and the dog didn't want to go out. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, that's what it was. He, he had a dog in the car, and the dog was scared to come out because the yeah. bridge is swinging. Yeah. So it took him a very long time to convince the dog to come out, I think. Or he had to abandon the dog, but the dog... The dog survived, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the dog survived, and he just came out on his own. Oh, I was going to say, I'm like, why is that guy, like, just... He just calmly is walking off this bridge. Mm. And it's like really yeah. moving. Yeah. So the, the, it takes a very long time for residents like that to break. Mm-hmm. But when, when it happens, it's very hard to stop, especially when the wind's consistent like that. So that's why uh, they have plenty of time to evacuate the bridge. <laughs> it's a pretty entertaining video. It's a historical thing. Yeah. And it's um, the only reason I know that is because it's important engineering resonance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's. It's important whenever you build anything because resonance can happen anytime. It will break anything. It doesn't matter how strong you build it. It will break anything. 
if you don't oh. have your resident points high enough. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, but with that said, resident is super rare to have in nature. So I'm not going to say that happened to you where the wind was just perfect and it was hitting the vanity at a perfect speed that caused resonance in the vanity. I, but I then it wouldn't stop, right? Uh, it wouldn't stop unless the wind slowed down or sped up. Oh. Yeah. Someone just tried to stop it by itself. So. Anyway. Yeah, that's why I said resonance is super rare. Anyway, that's that was my maybe not so paranormal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, it's one of those things. Like I wasn't there. I I can't explain it. But like I, it sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like to me, it sounds like a whole lot of I could explain that. Mm-hmm. Right, I could explain the mirror thing mm-hmm. with like, oh, maybe it was an earthquake and I just didn't feel it mm-hmm. because I maybe you're just dis- maybe I was like maybe I'm desensitized because. I live in an earthquake zone, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, maybe it's um and for the for the pounding thing, I'm like, it's gotta be the neighbors, right? Yeah. Um Yeah, but for that mirror thing, that was the only thing I was just like, I don't know what that was. Yeah, I'm not really sure what it was exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Like that that could have been an explanation, but yeah. The wind hitting at a perfect speed, but I to me, it just sounds like... Even I don't think that's that's the case. To me, it just sounds like an earthquake. Yeah. But you can hear an earthquake, right? For the, mo- for the most part. Yeah. Because you can hear things shake mm. before the earthquake actually happens. Or oh, the hard part actually happens. Yeah. yeah. Or when even you feel a little one, you feel like a... You, you can hear the rumble a little bit of the earthquake. Mm. Um, and I was like, maybe somebody hit the wall, right? Mm. That was another explanation that I had. Yeah. Somebody hit the hall, the wall really hard. Mm. Um but I tried pushing against the wall mm. and nothing happened. So yeah. I don't know. Kind of bizarre. Yeah. I'd like to know if there was an earthquake at that time. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll look it up. So is that it? Yeah, that was it. That was I just wanted to bring you to my paranormal corner. <laughs> I actually brought it up at the time. And I'm curious what you think about this topic. Mm-hmm. So the topic I want to bring up is uh, fandom gatekeeping. So, in case you don't know what that means, um, gatekeeping is a term that's used a lot in certain fandoms. For instance, I want to say I'm like an active member of the Shimigami Tensei fandom or SMT, but SMT has a severe problem with gatekeeping with certain people, where they would say like, "You're not a true SMT fan unless you played all these games." Or like, uh, oh, you've only played SMT4, or you've only played the Persona games. I see, I see, right? Or even like Persona even has that. Where like because Persona Five was so popular, like yeah. you don't, you're not a Persona fan unless you play three and four or two and one. God, God save your soul. <gasps> but yeah, like I, I, I can say like I did play at least ninety percent of the SMT games. Right. And I played all the Persona games. Uh huh. But even I won't like gatekeep like that. But I'm interested in what you think about gatekeeping in fandoms. Because, uh, like, even though like I I say I wouldn't gatekeep like that, I'm I'm guilty of it sometimes. I am. Yeah. A hundred percent with Pokemon. <laughs> I can't stand people who are just like, you know, I I I only like Gen One Pokemon. Gen Oneers. I can't stand it. It's so annoying. <laughs> but that's a that's an interesting case of gatekeeping but yeah yeah i mean that's the one that comes to my mind Mm. um but i won't 
I, I won't necessarily say the same thing to people mm-hmm. who like Digimon. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Because it's like I feel like it's a little harder to keep up with Digimon <laughs> for some reason. Like not it's really. Just, it's just not as popular. Yeah. So but like I don't say anything to people who like don't keep up with Digimon mm-hmm. or whatever, because I don't. Mm-hmm. So if it's not relevant to me, I guess I just won't I just don't care about it. Yeah. I mean uh, another example of gatekeeping, it's a Star Wars fandom, right? Mm-hmm. Where they they're like you have to watch the original three films. And I don't mean like any release, I mean the original three yeah, films. Yeah. Not right? the um, special editions or not yeah. the like re-releases no mm. the original one mm. but yeah like gatekeeping is weird for me like a case of gatekeeping that i have uh which i'm not saying they're not fans but it does kind of annoy me is yakuza games mm. right because i've been a fan of yakuza games ever since when yakuza 3 came out and when yakuza 3 came out i'm like oh i'm interested in these and i played Pretty much all Yakuza games, except 6, which is the latest one. Mostly because I haven't played 5. <laughs> so, I played, at least played all of the Yakuza games. Mm-hmm. Um, except those two. And it it kind of annoys me that Zero, Yakuza 0, and to a certain extent Yakuza 6, brought this new wave of fandoms to Yakuza fandom. That it's kind of like... You guys don't understand the roots. <laughs> it's it's so How hard. Pretentious. It's so hard for me not to be like a gatekeeping asshole or like pretentious about it. Because the problem with the Yakuza games for me is that they're very centralized in Yakuza movies, right? They're all inspired by like Yakuza and like Japanese gangster movies. So if you don't get the origin of it. At least get it. Like, I haven't seen a lot of Yakuza movies, but I at least get them, right? It's kind of hard to get, like, a full experience of Yakuza games. You know what I mean? Yes. So, okay. I think it's... I think that one's a little bit arguable. Like, I mean... No, I'm not saying, like, you you aren't getting experience of it. Yeah. But it's kind of hard to, like, truly appreciate some aspects of the Yakuza games. I'm not saying that for the later ones. Uh, I'm mostly saying that for Yakuza 1 and 2. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Because one and two are very rooted in that. Yeah, um, it's, it's super rooted in that. Three, three and four is where it gets a little bit silly, and five and six is where it gets like, all right, let's have some fun. Yeah. Right. Five, zero six, is kind of like zero, that. zero, is super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Zero is all about having that fun factor. Yeah. Uh, the yak of the dead. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that one's all about the fun factor. Yeah. Right. And um. And they're they're perfectly fine games. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy all the Yakuza games, right? Even the Yakuza of the Dead one, because I'm not super critical about games as I am with like movies. I enjoy all the games, but for me, Yakuza one and two is super important because Yakuza one and two is the origin. Other if you don't include zero, of course, because that's like a retcon origin. Mm -hmm. But Yakuza one and two is the origin of Kiryu, yeah, our main character all throughout the Yakuza games, yeah, and. The Origin of Kiryu, it's very based upon Yakuza movies and Yakuza mm-hmm. culture stuff. And like I said, it's very hard for me not to be a gatekeeping asshole. I'm not saying that people who get into Yakuza from 0 or 6 or has not played 1, 2, 3, and 4, and 5 mm-hmm. aren't real fans. They are. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying that they should play 1 and 2. 
Mm-hmm. At least one and two, because that's very much the basis of Kiryu's character. Yeah. Right? Zero is a decent replacement of that, but one and two is the origin. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> it, it's hard for me to see, like, a lot of fans who've only in, got introduced through Zero and to a lesser extent Six. Imagine people our age who got into Pokemon through X and Y. No. This is how I imagine it. Okay. Okay. It's people our age getting into Pokemon through Pokemon Go. There we go. Yeah. I lose... (laughs) I have very little respect for Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. I think it is a watered-down Pokemon that is not as fun and not as like it doesn't take a lot of brain power okay to play mm. pokemon but pokemon go is like pokemon brain dead. go yeah <laughs> it's like it's dead in the water kind of dead it's still super popular he <laughs> <laughs> sounds so sad about that <laughs> i my coworkers play it and that's fine if you enjoy the game that's awesome mm. that's awesome i just don't mm-hmm. i think I would just rather be playing Pokemon. Yeah, I agree with you. I remember <laughs> when we started playing Pokemon Go during like peak Pokemon Go popularity. Yeah. And during that time, it's like, I'd just rather be playing X and Y. Yeah. Like, I, I'd just rather be playing like the other Pokemon game. And when Auras came out, I'm like, I'd rather be playing this. Yeah. <laughs> so like... And when Auras came out, that was like a... this. I'm um, sorry, that's Omega... Ruby and Alpha Ruby Sapphire. Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Mm. Um... But when that came out, that was a huge deal Mm -hmm. because it was a remake of a game that nobody, well, people thought it might get a remake. But Mm. when it came out, it was like, oh, my God, it's getting a remake. This is awesome. Like, it is. I I would say my dream come true. It's the best version of Ruby and Sapphire. Honestly, easily because Ruby and Sapphire, the original ones had a lot of problems. Mostly you had to have HM slave. Yeah. Like it was unavoidable, like at least with the. One, uh, one, two, and four, and five. Mm-hmm. You didn't need to have an HM slave. Mm-hmm. You could just roll around with like, oh, this one just happened to have an HM. Yeah. Right. But no, in Ruby and Sapphire, you had to have an HM slave. Yeah, you had to have somebody that knew surf and strength and, and dive, dive and waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> rock smash. But I love it. I had a Blaziken and he knew rock smash. I don't know, my Groudon yeah. new cut. Yeah, <laughs> your Groudon new cut. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like you know Oros, like i love Oros. but man pokemon go when i came out and people were like oh i love pokemon go i'm like oh. I, I hated when people were like i love pokemon and they only played pokemon go and they only played pokemon go and oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just makes me so so mad like, like I, I can at least understand where you're coming from right <laughs> Uh, it's harder for me to defend my position as not being the gatekeeper with the Yaksa games. Because mm-hmm. they're still the same games. Yeah. Right? They're still the same games. Like, my, my problem with gatekeeping that game is like, like I said, the origin part. There's a reason why I don't gatekeep the SMT games. Mm-hmm. And that's because none of the plot lines are connected to each other. Yeah. There's lots of Easter eggs, but they're not important. Mm-hmm. Right? I think also for the SMT games, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert, right? Yeah. Because I haven't played... Any of them, really. Mm. You only played the Persona ones, right? No, I haven't even finished them. Yeah, but you played them. I played them. Yeah. Yes. Because um, SMT and... The SMT fandom is so... 
small. Yeah. And the fandom is super dedicated that to get more people, you don't need to beat the games. Honestly, mm-hmm. you just need to play them for yeah. people who are who are actually gatekeepers. You yeah. can be one of those asshole gatekeepers. Like you need to beat one and you need to beat <laughs> two. I'm like, fuck you guys. That's such a time investment to beat them. Like I eventually, uh, for people who don't know, I streamed some of the SMT games, right? And I lost all my data because we had, I switched computers. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So that's why I don't stream anymore. But I did end up beating SMT one on my own time. Yeah. Takes forever. I would never stream that. <laughs> like, uh, if I ever stream as a team again, it would be games I really want to play, like Rido and like Nocturne. Because mm-hmm. I, I beat those games and I love those games, right? Mm-hmm. But um, they're such a pain in the ass to beat some of them. It's such a time sink yeah. for a lot of um, they're SMT not, games. They're not just uh, JRPGs, like yeah. Persona 5 and Persona 4. Mm-hmm. Persona 5 and Persona 4, you could beat them... Let's say forty hours, mm-hmm. right? If you re- if you're dedicated, like some longer, some shorter, but you're dedicated, forty hours easy, right? Persona Q kind of reminds me of SMT. That's the thing, though. Persona Q is watered down SMT. Persona Q is the easy version of SMT, and that's already like a sixty hour game of grinding. Yeah, right. SMT one takes about. 40 hours of mindless grinding and then another 40 hours of being lost (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why that's so funny to me it's you just maybe that's why yeah that's why you have all this grinding because and then another 20 hours of that would be trying to figure out what the fuck you're doing wrong against bosses Mm. because people who don't know smt games a lot of bosses at SMT has fuck you mechanics. Where they're like, you're fighting me wrong, so you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> For uh, an example of that that's pretty common is uh, Final Fantasy X has this one boss where if you cure yourself, you die. Mm. Right? But if you don't cure yourself, the boss is fine. And it's only really that one boss. SMT has a bunch of bosses like that. We're like, if you cure yourself, I'm going to kill you. If you don't bring this item with you, you die. If you don't have Purify with you, um, you're going to die. If you, if you aren't immune to fire, you're dead. <laughs> How annoying. Which is, this is why nobody plays that. This is why nobody plays SMT games. No, but that's the thing, though. People who struggle through it and get through it, ooh, they are tight-knit. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Which, you know, I get it. Because it's like, you know, to me, uh, SMT games are like Etrian Odyssey. Like the people Etrian Odyssey, it's easy. <laughs> I would keep saying that. You're, you're the easy version of SMT. Because SMT is the OG ones, right? Yeah. Etrian Odyssey, like, that has its own bunch of, I won't say issues. But it is just a high level of like, you need to know what you're doing. Yeah. Right? Because if you, yeah. you have to make your own party. That's the problem you with You have to it. make your own party. Make your own map. Make your own maps. Yeah. You gotta have, you have like almost no gold. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Okay. If you I go in understand. there blind and you make the wrong party, you lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have not, I've gotten past the first floor, but there's, um, 
it, it's almost embarrassing how bad I am at mm. Etrian Odyssey because I refuse mm. um, to look anything up yeah. for almost any game unless I am stuck, stuck. Mm -hmm. For example, mm. I was stuck in Kingdom Hearts. Mm. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I was stuck in Kingdom Hearts for almost like five years mm -hmm. <laughs> because I didn't know that I was I was done with the jungle level mm -hmm. in the first one, Tarzan's level. Yeah, well, in the first Kingdom Hearts, unless you know like the pattern of how words get cleared. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell, like, did I just beat this world or not? Yeah, because you, you're like, it, all the gorillas gather or mm. whatever, and you, you close the thing, mm. and you're like, okay, so did I... I couldn't even remember. It yeah. was that forgettable. Like, literally, if you play Kingdom Hearts 1, and you leave the room after you beat the boss, and you come back and you miss the scene where Sora used the key to unlock the world or whatever, mm -hmm. then you don't know you beat the world. Straight up. Yeah. Because you need to see that scene. And if you don't, if it, if it doesn't get across your mind, like for some reason, because some people are like tunnel vision with some things mm -hmm. where you don't get across your mind, like Sora just needs to open the key and you're done. Yeah. Right. If, if that doesn't get across your mind, then you don't know when you beat the world. Yeah. Right. I'd, I think, like, I'd like to think that's my excuse. <laughs> the funniest example for that is uh, the Alice in Wonderland world. Oh, yeah. Because the dude, the key is literally the dude's mouth, right? Oh, the door handle's the, mouth. Yeah. And you literally point the key in there, and then you beat the world. But, like, you you, you can't tell. <laughs> it's not like you meet up with Alice again, or, like, you beat the Red Queen in the plot line, right? You just, it's not like, uh like, especially if you haven't seen the movie, mm -hmm. right? Where, like, oh, you might think, like, oh, I need to beat the Red Queen, and I beat the level, right? Yeah. Because you have a boss fight with the Red Queen, but you don't usurp her or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And like, so it's just like, oh, here's the key. And then you beat the world. Nothing else happens after that. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. It's, it was an embarrassingly long time mm -hmm. before I was like, because I was wandering around. And you, just, you just never get back to it. Yeah, I was just like, was wandering around and I'm like, whatever. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm going to come back to it later. Yeah. Two years later, I come back. I still don't know what I'm doing wrong. Mm. Two more years pass by. I come back and I'm like, I could have left this whole time. Yeah. I could have just hopped on the gummy ship and left. Yeah. And then I beat the game. Yep. And then I was just like, man, I feel like really dumb. <laughs> it almost took, it took me almost 15 years to beat this game. And then I'm playing Kingdom Hearts 2 and like one of our like mutual friends or something was like talking like mad shit about <laughs> how I play this game. And I was like, I don't want to play this stupid game anymore if everybody's going to be really shitty to me. So oh, Kingdom Hearts isn't a hard game to play, though. It's not a hard game to play. That's what he was saying. He's like, it's not hard. And I'm like, well, no, I'm, it's, the thing. it's not I'm a hard struggling. game to play. And because it's not a hard game to play, you just play however you want, honestly. Unless you play on critical or proud, right? Mm. You play a critical or proud, you, you can only play it one way, really. Yeah. Especially on critical. Well, I, that's not true. You have to know what you're doing, right? Yeah. You play on normal, you're fine all the way through. You can play however you want. Proud, it's a little bit less forgiving, but you can technically play however you want. Uh, and in critical, you have to know everything. You have to know most things. I won't mm. say everything. Like, I went into Critical Blind, and the only time I needed to look things up was against uh, the data bosses. I didn't even All know, the extra shit. I didn't even know there were levels. In? In Kingdom Hearts. 
Really? I didn't even know. I just, I didn't really think about it mm -hmm. until I saw it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I leveled up. I leveled up. I just saw skills and I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, different skills. I can use that for different stuff. I see what you mean though, because it's kind of arbitrary how you get skills in Kingdom Hearts. Because you get them by leveling up, yes. But you also get them from being bosses, right? Yeah. So it might be like, oh, I just need to be bosses and I'll get skills. I assumed that, like, yeah, I was just yeah. like, maybe I'll, if I just go through the game, I'll just pick up a skill yeah. somewhere. Or maybe maybe because it had been so long since I had played the game mm. that I had forgotten. Yeah. Um, but it's, a, it's honestly one of the most embarrassing things <laughs> for me as someone who's played a game. I don't, I don't know. It's just very embarrassing. I actually have my own embarrassing story about Kingdom Hearts, though. Because <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts 1, uh, I remember getting that right when I got the PS2, right? And I remember I got that. I got Dynasty Warriors because I love the Dynasty Warriors games. Yeah. And I got a bunch of other games. I don't remember that. I got Monsters, Inc. That yeah. was my first game for the PS2. Oh, Monster Rancher. I had Monster Rancher, too. Cool. Yeah. And also, I was playing the games, right? And I was like, we're really into Dynasty Warriors because it's so easy. I was a kid, right? And Monster Rancher, I'm like, oh, monsters. And I put in Kingdom Hearts and I knew nothing about Kingdom Hearts, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I started playing the game. And on the first level on Destiny Island, where the Heartless attack, I got lost. I did not know where to go. Right? I was like, because mm -hmm. you were supposed to go to the island part where you meet Riku, right? But I always went into the shack, went up the stairs, and exited and go into that area. I literally took the stairs. I never jumped on top of the roof. Oh, you're supposed to go to the the tree you, thing no I, I did all that no but you have to jump on top of the roof to go through oh yeah because if you go in the shack and go up the stairs it won't let you through really yeah oh yeah huh yeah it will block the door for you to get out yeah so i was just confused like where am i supposed to go so literally i was so i was like i don't know where to go so i stopped playing the game and i returned the game <laughs> And then it wasn't till <laughs> you were so frustrated with the game. No, like, this is a shitty game. It wasn't even though it was a it's shitty broken. game. It wasn't even though it was a shitty game. I was just like, I'm lost. I'm not gonna beat this game. So I just returned to. It, it was like because uh, it was back when GameStop took returns. Yeah, and it was actually a decent deal back in the day. Whereas, uh, so I had a bunch of games I beat, and I was never gonna play again. So like, all right, I'll just I'll put this in the pile. It wasn't until like two years after that fact, I was like, and I just thought about Kingdom Hearts again. I was like, oh, I guess I could have jumped. That. So I bought the game again. I, I literally bought the game again like two years later, put in my PS2 because I still have the PS2 and beat the game after that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's pretty funny. It's just like this game is like, <laughs> I know you weren't thinking this, but it's like, I just think it's funny if you were like, this game is broken. It won't let me go. <laughs> And beat the game. Yeah, so, I'm returning it. So yeah, I, I literally returned it. So I think that was the only game that I got super stuck on. Mm -hmm. And I just like gave up on it for a while. Because I think like there's been games I looked up guys for. Like all, like yeah. most people. I did that for Ace Attorney. I don't think I ever did for Ace Attorney. Oh. I think I, I done the thing where like you just power through it. Oh, and yeah. you're just like, I'm guessing. I don't care. I've done that. Guess but I never every single piece of evidence. Yeah, but I've never, like, used a guide. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I did. Yeah. 
I mean, that's probably the faster way. If you're going to cheat and do the entire guess, you might as well use a guide. Yeah, but yeah, I use guides. I use them for a couple of SMT games whenever I got like super lost. Um, I, I use it for um, new game pluses to optimize shit. Like I have my own personal Persona 4 Golden Guide mm-hmm. because it's a new game plus optimized guide. So I have as many free days if I want. See, I don't... The, the, the thing about like persona games for mm-hmm. me is i don't like the time limit it's it's I, very workable in persona though I, yeah <laughs> but i don't like it you just don't there. like it <laughs> yeah because i feel like i'm rushed mm-hmm. to do stuff yeah the only time i'm okay with it if it's with like farming games yeah because that's part of like there's the idea of the farm yeah yeah it's part of it like harvest moon mm. i'm okay with the time limit because it's like um you gotta get married within a certain time limit or else you'll die alone forever. Mm. Right? <laughs> yeah, so I'm okay with games like that. But games where it's like, um, you have to like befriend people. Like, the whole Persona games. The social links? The social links, I don't like. I don't like You don't that. like the idea of having the social links and a time limit? Yeah. I see. Because I don't, I don't want to leave people out. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to look it up. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like experiencing the game as it is, is part... Like, experiencing it for the first time mm. um, is really special. Yeah. But I also don't want to leave anyone out now that I know that mm. there's people you can leave out. Yeah. If there's people... If I didn't know that, yeah. then it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But now that I know, mm. I can't play it. <laughs> like... Well, I'm, I don't know. I think a good example of that being easy is... Persona 5. Mm. Persona 5, if you just befriend a fortune teller girl and befriend the the teacher, mm-hmm. then you can befriend everyone else. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you just have the easiest time just doing maxing out the social links. Yeah. I played some of Persona 3 and Persona 4. 3 and 4. Vanilla 3 and... um Not Vanilla. FES 3 and Vanilla 4 are pain in the ass to max out. Uh, Persona 4 Golden's easy as shit. <laughs> yeah. You have so many extra days in Persona 4 Golden. It's I was playing shit. P3P. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know if that's easier or not. No, stop. stop. Oh, okay. It's about the same. Yeah. Like, Persona 3 is, is honestly pretty... It's like, hard to get all the social links in Persona 3. It's pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> and even going through Tartarus, mm-hmm. it's just like, man, how many floors I gotta do? Yeah. Like, I don't like that either. Yeah. I'm just a big ball of complaints for um, at least Persona 3. Even though I, I like the idea of Persona 3 a lot. <laughs> um, I think it's the most SMT feeling mm. out of the Persona games, so... Well, technically that's Persona 1 and 2, but that's what I I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean... Out of the well, good Persona out games. Out of the, the decent ones, you know? <laughs> Um, uh, I beat one and two also, and oh my god, that was a nightmare. I kind of like talking to the to the monsters to try to befriend them. Yeah, I like that. That, that was the whole gimmick of Persona One and Two. Yeah. Well, actually, no, that's the whole gimmick of SMT, and they just kept that in Persona One and Two. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I'm like, I say something wrong, and they're like, "Oh, f you!" And I'm like, "What did I do wrong?" It, it works the best later on in the SMT <laughs> games. SMT4 is probably one of the better ones where uh, talking to them actually works. Mm. 
Um, SMT one is a nightmare to deal with. Four, easy. <laughs> Four is easy to deal with talking to them. It's still a decently hard game unless you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But like, it's easy to talk to demons in that game. Sorry, let's like maybe go back to the gatekeeping thing yeah. for a second. Um, I just want to make it kind of clear that like, <laughs> um. There's nothing wrong with starting off with Pokemon Go. <laughs> I just want to make... I just thought about that, but it's like... makes me sound like, kind of like a jerk. For, ex- for example, um, there was this lady that came up to me. Mm. I work at a miniature golf place. Mm. Um, and there's this lady that came up, and she had her phone kind of open where I could see it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she plays Pokemon Go cool i guess yeah i mean i'm not into it but cool Mm. so she was it was her and then her pokemon was a lucario yeah so i assumed that was her favorite yeah of of which she owned yeah right so i'm like oh cool you play pokemon go and Mm. she's like yeah and i'm like who's your favorite pokemon Mm. she's like that's a good question (laughs) and she just didn't know yeah and she just didn't answer me and i'm like Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Didn't think about it. Yeah. Okay, well, here's my thing about the Pokemon Go stuff, though. I've always considered Pokemon Go and regular Pokemon two different fandoms. Yeah. Right? It's the same with SMT. The SMT fandom and the Persona fandom are very different. They have crossover, like Pokemon Go and the Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. They have crossover... But they're two different fandoms. Yeah, I feel like Pokemon Go, there isn't a lot of crossover. Mm. And I'm I'm very afraid. I'm very afraid for some of the Pokemon games. Like, yeah. um, for the new ones that are coming out. Yeah. I'm very afraid that it's going to be Pokemon Go... Light. Mechanics. Yeah. And I don't want that. Yeah. I just want regular Pokemon. Mm. I want the Pokemon Go to stay out of my Pokemon games. Yeah. Um... Like, and the closest that I got that I was okay with it was, hey, you Pikachu, hey, you. Eevee. I'm sorry. It was Let's Go Pikachu. Yeah. Not Hey, you, hey Pikachu. Pikachu. That's a different game. Yeah. Um, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it kind of worked for those games. Mm-hmm. Um, Also, those games had integration with Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. So, kind of made sense for them to, like, put the two together. Yeah. And it worked okay for the most part. Yeah. Unless, like, you were playing with a, f- a friend. friend. Yeah. And then your control, your little, little, what Pokeball? are they called? The, the moats? The Wii, they're not Wii The moats. Switch controllers? The Switch controllers, sorry. Yeah. The little Switch, the Switch controllers, unless they kind of, like, didn't calibrate right. Mm-hmm. So when you throw in the Pokeball, it doesn't always throw throw, or it throws in a weird angle mm. or it throws over or. It... I just don't want it to be my Pokemon games. <laughs> and I want pure Pokemon in my Pokemon. I just that's all I want. <laughs> that's all I want. Well, my, my thing with Pokemon, I always seen the new Pokemon games. I like content updates and meta updates, mm. right? I say meta updates because I, I play Pokemon competitively. Yeah. Unlike a lot of people. 
I would say most people who play Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like, so I've always seen them as meta updates. Because every time a new Pokemon game comes out, the meta always shifts dramatically. Mm-hmm. Right? I remember Gen 5 uh, was all about sweepers. And then suddenly when Gen 6 came out, it came about tanks. <laughs> and Gen, uh, or like Gen 5 when it was the Weather Wars. It was all about like getting your rain out or getting your sandstorm out. Yeah. Or getting your sun out. Uh, and then, yeah, and the 6 came out. And you're like, oh, eh, no, it's all about your tanks. And then seven came out, and it became the weather wars again. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I've always seen the Pokemon games as like content updates and meta updates. It's always cool to see what new shit they put in there, mm-hmm. like what the new version of the Battle Tower is gonna be, or what legacy character is gonna introduce now. Like whenever when they brought in uh, Red and Blue, yeah, for that uh, was cool. Or just an Ultra Moon, that was really cool. Yeah, or the Rainbow Rocket for. Ultra Sun and Moon. Yeah, that was that was Ultra Sun and Moon. Yeah. Yeah, regular Sun and Moon was Red and Blue, and Ultra Sun and Moon was Rainbow Rocket. Yeah. Uh, episode Delta in Oras. That was awesome. Yeah. That was so cool. So it, it's always cool to see like what else you put in there. I would. I was thinking about like I kind of want to replay, um, Oras. You mm-hmm. know, but I don't want to lose my Pokemon. <laughs> but I really enjoyed the Pokemon story. Bank. I don't pay for Pokemon Bank, though. I do. Oh, okay. Well, I, I mean, I well, don't... I, I pay every once in a while. I don't, you know, subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I just really enjoyed Oras for what it was. Because mm-hmm. I thought it stayed, like, really true to the original. And I am a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Huge. Like, Hoenn is my favorite, favorite region. Mm. So awesome. So cool. All the trumpets. You know what, um, actually, what I'm really hoping that they can do in the newer game is kind of like something that they did in, um, um, Heart Gold and Soul Silver, mm-hmm. where you had a companion Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, so they followed behind you, yeah. which was really cool. And they, you could see their like little sprite behind you, yeah. which was awesome. And you could talk to them. I'm really, really hoping that they can do that. In the new one. I'm interested in what they're going to do with uh, Sword and Shield. Especially since it's going to be on a Switch. I want to see how they justify putting it on a Switch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you That's already know... an expensive uh, investment. Yeah, because you already know I don't like that idea. Because to me, Pokemon has always been a handheld game. Technically, it's handheld. <sighs> yeah, it's technically it's handheld. I don't give a shit. It's, it's, the Switch is a console. Like, you, you can tell me, like, yeah, sure, it's a handheld, but it's sure hell also a console. You can't tell me it's not a console. So. It's just, it's it's hard to justify the drop, too. Yeah. Especially if you already own one. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't. I don't want to buy another one. Because Sarah and I share a Switch. Right? I mean, we, it, it's, it's Kevin, myself, and then my sister. Mm-hmm. We all use a Switch. Mm-hmm. And really, that works fine. But then now Pokemon's throwing the wretch in it. Yeah, and it's like, how are you supposed to battle each other when you've only got one, one switch. switch? Yeah, it, it, especially back because <laughs> there is no cheap alternative for a Switch right now. It's, it's Switch nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nah, whatever. Um, nah, I'm not going to I got to see how it goes. It may, it, maybe they will justify it. Maybe it's like a huge-ass game. They could justify mm-hmm. it. We'll see. Is there any other things that you could bring up about gatekeeping? 
I don't know. I'm just thinking about Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that's the only thing that, like, for me is uh, really quite annoying. Mm. I don't really have another game that or another series mm. that I'm like, well, if you didn't read this or you didn't watch this and you're not a true fan, you know? <laughs> you know, one of those people in the anime, like, you got to read the manga to be a real fan. <laughs> There's only, like, a few times I've ever felt that way. Really? You actually felt that way? It's like... Because I don't think I've ever felt that way. That you had to read the manga in order to be like a true fan. I sort of feel that way about like... Let me think. Let me think of... Let me think of something. I think I felt that way about like My Hero at one point. Mm -hmm. That you had to read the manga Mm -hmm. to like... At at some point I felt that way. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I feel that way anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I I just wanted people to read the manga. Yeah. You know? But it wasn't like, you're not a true fan if you didn't. You're not like me. Like, you want to be a true fan of Horikoshi? You got to be Barrage. I, I've only felt, like, um, annoyed. Mm. And, like, um, not like other people. I, I don't just, know. It's just people talking about the anime. Yeah, just people talking about it that makes me annoyed. Because they're, they're talking about stuff that happened to us like a year ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is not their fault. Yeah. You know, it just happened for them. But mm. it's just like, for us, it's like really old news. Mm. You know, the stuff that's happening in the anime right now, for example, for My Hero. It, it, that was literally a year ago. Yeah, it was like a year ago. Mm. So it's just like, uh, who cares? Yeah. Right. And it's, if you read the manga, you sound like some snob. Mm. You're just like... Oh, I knew about that already. Yeah. Talk about well, something I I don't know. <laughs> it, it, like, we don't mean to be snobs about it. it. It literally is just, we've known that already. Like, it really is like old news for us. Yeah. So, like, yeah, we were interested in that, like, literally a year ago, because that happened to us a year ago. Yeah. And that's just a consequence of having an adaptation like that. Glad you're enjoying it, though. Yeah, no. Because we enjoyed it when it came out, so I'm glad you are. That's how, you know, I only feel disappointment mm. when I when I hear somebody's watching the anime mm. and then I've read the manga mm. and I already know kind of how it ends. Yeah. Or what's happening. Yeah. And it's not good. <laughs> and you're just like, oh man. They're like, I'm excited for season two. And I'm like, don't be. <laughs> Don't be excited for any more seasons. It's not good. I felt that way about uh, Attack on Titan for a while. Because I I still read the manga for Attack on Titan. I don't enjoy a lot of it. But like, we were like, I'm so excited for Attack on Titan season 2. I can't wait to see what's in the basement. I'm like... <laughs> we're like, ooh, season 3. <sighs> That's how I feel about um, Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, yeah. Because like... I mean... Uh, you know... It's the anime is much better than the manga. I will say that though. But yes. but, but when Seven Deadly Sins season two was coming out, I was like, oh, it's not as good as season one. <laughs> season one is the best part of Seven Deadly Sins. <laughs> season one kind of like yeah, it killed it. Yeah, because it it's very good. Yeah, and then somehow it just kind of like. I'm not going to spoil anything. Mm. There's lots of good parts in yeah. season two. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good parts in the series because the whole thing's coming in to an end. Yeah. Well, um, it's, 
technically ended. It's technically ended, but yeah. it, it's kind of all coming to an end now. So mm. it's like, but there was a lot of it that I'm like, wow, that wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's lots of good moments. That's it. Yeah. But that's like for a lot of series mm. nowadays. It's a little like some nowadays. highlights. Back in the day. <laughs> Even back. Actually, I should just say all, all series. Yeah. I'm looking at my library or whatever. There's a lot of them that I'm like, yeah, that didn't have a very good second half. Yeah. It wasn't that wasn't that great. Hmm. <laughs> like I I remember I remember talking about Naruto back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, I read the manga. <laughs> and that felt like his own version of gatekeeping back in the day. Because back, back in the day, it really was like you were either a fan of the anime or the manga. Mm-hmm. There was no in between. So it was one of those things where like, you're not a real fan unless you watch read the manga. Or like, or you're not a real fan if you suffer th- unless you suffer the filler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I wasn't going to sit through that filler. <laughs> like, no way. But yeah, like, it, it's one of those things where, like, a lot of series I know, like, the second half, it just doesn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> Although there is a lot of series I know that, like, the second half is much better. Or, like, the later parts are just much better. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, World Trigger, the manga, because the anime is not that great. It's just not that well animated. But the manga, like, the first 20 chapters suck. <laughs> It's very hard to get through those first 20 chapters. And then the next 20 chapters after that, it's very like, eh. But the instant, the instant the invasion starts, it gets good. <laughs> it's so hard for me to recommend that series sometimes. And I really, when I recommend War Trigger, it's for people like, I, I need someone else to talk about the series with. <laughs> you know, um, one series that I would rather much watch the anime over the manga or read the manga. Hmm. Is Blue Exorcist <laughs> season one only? Okay, only watch season one if you're gonna even think about reading it because I am all caught up and I'm telling you, do not read this manga. Okay, it is, it is so bad <laughs> right now. Um, this is not even, I don't feel like this is a wrong opinion. <laughs> okay, it is so bad. And so ridiculous. I don't know why I'm still reading it. I'm already so invested in... I think I think you're one of the few people who prefers the season one over the manga. Because it's so stupid. <laughs> it is so dumb what is happening in this manga right now. Because a lot of people don't like the first season. A lot of people read the manga. Don't like the first season of Blue Exodus. Yeah, I can understand. At the time. Okay. At the time, I totally get it right? I totally understand why you would not like it. However, this is the reality that we live in now. And the reality that we live in is that Blue Exorcist sucks. So, I would much rather have any of the events that happened in season one Mm. that was not canon Mm. to the actual manga than have Anything after that, anything that we have now, I would much rather just not have that. (laughs) Might be a controversial opinion, but who is watching and reading Blue Exorcist anyway right now besides me? I don't... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's lots of people out there. 
why are you doing this? <laughs> why are you like me? It's like it's like me. I still read fairy tale. <laughs> why? <laughs> For those of you out there, I absolutely hate fairy tale. <laughs> oh my god, I hate that manga. The anime is fine because at least you get to see cool action shit, right? Mm -hmm. And the music's good. Oh, the music's great. I love fucking the bagpipes in Fairy Tale. Uh, and the theme songs. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> but the manga's awful. <laughs> and I still read it. I The manga's done. And I still read the sequel series. <laughs> I read Fairy Tale in space. Horikoshi's other... No, Horikoshi. Um, uh, uh... Uh, hero he yeah hero mashima hero uh, i still read hero's other series eden zero and that was also awful can i just can i just spoil a little bit of what's happening in blue exorcist right now go ahead i know nobody cares no one who's watching we're gonna this. get a comment S S sarah i cared so much no one cares about what's happening in blue exorcist right now except for me <laughs> And other people who are reading it, right? Um, and I know the people who are listening to this do not care about Blue Exorcist. However, I am going to make you care so much about this series that you're not going to want to, that you might maybe want to read it, but don't read it. <laughs> okay? Because, like, Blue Exorcist, if you don't know, is a story about a half-demon baby, or no, a half-demon guy mm. and his Brother. At one point, he was a baby. <laughs> yeah, at one point, he was a baby. But a half-demon guy and his brother. Mm. And the guy's name is Rin. That's our main character. And the other guy, his brother, his name is uh, Yukio. And Yukio is the biggest piece of shit in all of anime history, and I hate him. Oh, man. He is the worst character that I have ever had the displeasure to read about. I... <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, uh, I could probably think of worse, but go ahead. There's probably way worse, right? Oh, easily, easily, <laughs> way worse people. But I really hate Yukio. <laughs> he is so selfish. He is so self-centered, and he is a really awful brother. <laughs> He's like hates Rin, even though Rin is nothing but nice to him. Rin literally does nothing wrong in the series. He does nothing wrong to Yukio, and yet Yukio is like Rin does nothing wrong to anyone. The only wrong thing he did was maybe get mad at his dad, and then his dad died. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so he only killed somebody. <laughs> he only made them vulnerable enough to get possessed. But who cares? <laughs> Who cares if your dad gets possessed by Satan and dies? Honestly, that was Satan's fault, but whatever. Anyway, so um, the the story is them going through de demon or exorcist high school the plot, together. The plot's not important that much. Just get into how awful Yukio is. So Yukio is, is so horrible that he betrays the exorcist whatever, the exorcist family mm -hmm. or high school to join the illuminati 
I love I love hearing you talk about Blue Exorcist when you have no context of the other parts of it. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, demons, yeah. Exorcist, yeah. Possession, devil possession, okay, I guess for Illuminati, what? <laughs> it gets even more complicated than the Illuminati. Because then you add in clones, and then you add in <laughs> Satan's clones, and then clones for Satan, and then, like... And then you learn that maybe Yukio has powers, and then it's it's quickly shot down that he's not that it's not that special. <laughs> he's not that special. The only thing this is this is latest chapter material right mm-hmm. here. So in the in one of the later the latest chapter, mm-hmm. um, Satan is talking through um, Yukio because mm-hmm. Yukio can hear Satan, mm. um, and this is whatever whatever. He has one eye that's connected to Satan, and the other one is just his normal eye. But he's and Satan's like, "You're nothing. You're not. You're you're nothing really special. The only thing special about you is that you've got that eye, mm. right? <laughs> that lets me see through you. Mm-hmm. So he's like a conduit, and then he's got immunity to blue flames. Okay, and that's it. I I mean." As far as I know, yeah. Man, you ain't shit, Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I hate Yu-Gi-Oh. I hate him. And the worst part is that he's Rin's teacher also. Mm-hmm. And he's an awful teacher. He's like... Has he ever taught? He just tells his brother that he's pretty much like... He's like good for nothing, useless. It's all because of you that dad died. No, I'm, tr- I'm but seriously, though, I'm trying to think back to the anime. He did teach classes. Okay. He was a teacher. Okay. He grades papers. <laughs> I was wondering, like, did he actually teach anything? Because I don't remember him teaching anything. I hate him. I just, I can't stand him. I can't. Every time he shows up, I'm like, I wish they would just kill him already. Uh so that's my little rant about Blue Exorcist. About Blue Exorcist and why you shouldn't watch it or shouldn't or watch season one, even though everybody says it's really bad. It's honestly better than anything else, honestly. It's honestly better than what's happening in the manga right now. If you're comparing um, Yukio and Rin working together and like putting aside their differences to defeat Satan mm. and close the Gehenna Gate or whatever, yeah. As opposed to Rin. Um, getting killed by Yukio, getting resurrected, like being reborn as Satan, sort of, but not really going back in time with Mephisto to see... <laughs> There's time travel in this shit. <laughs> to see his past self, to see his, his... To see his past self being born from his actual mother and how it... Okay, anyway... Yeah. And then, like, Yukio joining the Illuminati in order to defeat his brother. It's garbage. Okay. All of that I just said right now, Garbo. But season one, not bad. Not bad compared to garbage, you know? I'm sorry. I got off topic. We all get one, sir. We all get one rent. You just know now that I will have one rent in the future. <laughs> Please do not read Blue Exorcist. It is garbage and not worth your time. 
Yeah, your PSA from Sarah. <gasps> you want to end it there? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for this episode. Just a couple thoughts. I'm sorry that we all we talked about was... Anime and games. Anime and... Yeah. Like, the thing we always talk about. I, well, in terms of gatekeeping, the fandoms that we're most interested in is anime and games. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I like movies a lot, but I want to call me, like, part of a movie fandom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... But uh, leave it a comment, actually. If you have your own instances of fan- uh, gate- gatekeeping, like yeah. if you were a gatekeeper at one point or if you were subject to gatekeeping before, because mm-hmm. gatekeeping to me is like an issue, more or less for some phantoms. You know what? I've actually had an instance where somebody was... was I had a similar experience mm-hmm. where somebody told me that I wasn't... Oh, if you're not a true gamer... Okay. Right. I've had. Oh, that's a great example of gatekeeping. I actually. have. I've had that experience where someone's like, "Fuck this! This, this podcast is going a little bit longer." <laughs> or <laughs> that's a great example of gatekeeping. Yeah, you're not a true gamer, or yeah. you don't really like anime. If mm. yeah, right. Like I've had that experience where I told somebody, "Oh, I like to play games," and they're mm. like, "What games do you play?" This is when I was like in high school. Yeah. And um. I told him, well, I like playing, like, Pokemon, I like Harvest Moon, I like Animal Crossing, Mm. you know, um, I like to play pretty much, like, like, I think I liked Kingdom Hearts maybe back then, Mm. and he's like, those aren't real, those aren't real games, fuck you, (laughs) he was like, no, I mean a real game, like, like, don't you play, like, Call of Duty or something? Oh, fuck you. (laughs) What, how pretentious is that? Just because I don't play... Shooters doesn't mean that I play games. It's like those people who are like, to be a real game, you gotta play Dark Souls. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I'm like, just like, just that is like enough reason to not. Like, I, I can see how it would discourage people from playing. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, I, I like to play a game because I think it's fun. And then someone's like, well, your game isn't my game, so it sucks. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a very controversial opinion right now. Mm-hmm. The Dark Souls games aren't hard. <laughs> um, I don't think any of the Dark Souls games are hard. Like, uh, I think the hardest one. I'm gonna say maybe Bloodborne. <laughs> Is that the one that we have? Yeah, that's the one we have. Uh, I'm going to say maybe Bloodborne and Sekiro. And I'm going to get into my reason for this. Alright, because there is there is a reason I have of saying why Dark Souls games are hard and why those two games in particular are the hardest ones. And even then, I'm not going to even say those are hard. It's because Dark Souls is mostly a game of trial and error. There is not, there's not a lot of things in Dark Souls that's very execution heavy. Mm. It's recognizing patterns and adapting those patterns and you can argue like that's the hard part but there's nothing that's like execution heavy in terms of like this is actually hard to do mm-hmm. or like there's nothing that's too much about strategy where you mm-hmm. have to think a lot yeah. it's more of like I, I recognize what he's trying to do and I know what to do now and just mm-hmm. repeat that over and over and over again yeah and the only times that you really really struggle is when you don't haven't seen it before or you like I, I don't know what to do and you try something and it doesn't work yeah 
that that's my issue with people saying like oh dark souls super hard games i don't think it's that hard it's a lot of trial and error what's hard maybe is like beating it in one go <laughs> or going deathless yeah that's hard mm-hmm. but at that point like you're adding on top of extra challenges of like actually beating the game to beat dark souls is not hard you can grind out dark souls one two and three if you want you can grind out bloodborne if you want secular you actually can't do that which is why i think that's kind of hard Bloodborne actually has some stuff that's actually hard to do, right? Because there's specific timing for all their parries. Because mm. there's no block in that game. You actually have to shoot to parry things. So there's actually specific timing you have to do, and I think that's kind of hard Is for people. Is that why I suck at that game? I didn't know you could do that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, and there's actually, like, combos you actually have to think about in that game. There's combos in Bloodborne um, and, not, and Dark Souls also, but generally, they're not hard to do. So, I feel like Sekiro 2 is, like, the punishment for... There's a punishment for dying so often. Yeah. Um, which is why I think it makes it so difficult. Hmm. Um, I mean, there's a punishment for dying in Dark Souls also. You lose your souls, which is, like, you're experiencing currency. But... It's not like you can't grind that back up, mm. right? It, I don't think those games are that hard because it has that grinding factor, right? Mm. If you're not good at adapting at patterns, you just grind it out. You know what game I thought was really hard? What? The, the Twilight Ghost Hunter thing. That strategy game. Uh, the one I the one I play. Yeah. Yeah. No. The one that I bought. That I bought and I ended up playing because. Yeah. It, it's it's hard only because it has an awful tutorial. I don't understand how to play. You have to like so the game is like you have to predict kind of like where the ghost where go. the ghosts will go. Mm-hmm. It, it, okay, imagine this. Imagine you're playing Fire Emblem, but you move all your units at once and they move all their units at once. Yeah. And they move at the same time. And you pick the square where you attack. Yeah. And if they land in that square, you hit them. But if they don't land in that square, you don't hit them. You don't hit them and you might cause damage. Yeah. You which might, then cause... Which costs you, you money. Yeah. So it's... It's a very... It's very hard to get used to that game. It's not... It's honestly not hard, that hard of a game. But once you figure out, like, what you need to start doing mm. to adapt to whatever... Uh, the ghost is doing but it, you really have to think <laughs> when you play that game well, so what what would be a hard game for you then so that's super execution heavy okay uh, fighting games i think are hard because you actually have to practice that game hmm. i won't say fighting games are hard to get into they're easy to get into it just takes a lot of practice yeah it takes a lot of practice it takes a lot of mind games playing against other people yeah um the uh, certain a lot of anime fighters, the combos are very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Take specific timing. Fighting games are hard because it's mostly because it's a multiplayer game. So the difficulty is the person you're facing against. Yeah. So you're developing a skill. Yeah. You're developing a skill rather than recognizing a pattern. Mm. Shooters, I can say, are hard for some people. Because yeah. that's another thing. That's another skill you develop. Yeah. You don't recognize a pattern and adapt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Strategy games are hard because those games are all about like you have to actively think about what you're doing resource management um positioning your units those are actually hard games dark souls is just pattern recognition there is some level of like yeah 
I have to time this, but in Dark Souls in particular, that's not hard to do. And even then, you can ignore most of that sometimes, especially when you grind it out. Well, I have no experience with that, so I, it's not like I can't comment, but I mean, the only one I've played is Bloodborne, and I wasn't very good, hmm. so. And if you want to know my Dark Souls experience, I beat Demon Swords, beat Dark Souls 1, I played 2 and, th- uh, two and 3, and I got bored of it really quick. So, there you go. That's my experience for those who care. If you want me, like, if you want to gatekeep me and say, you gotta prove yourself and you gotta beat the other two, oh, fuck it. Maybe I will. <laughs> Maybe it's better. Maybe. But I don't think my opinions change in terms of, like, it's just, it's just all about, like, pattern recognition. Mm. And that might be hard for some people. I just, but I don't, I don't think that's like a, that's that's not a barrier of skill. Mm-hmm. That's just a barrier of practice. Mm. Or uh, not practice. It's just a barrier of just throwing yourself at it, right? Practice is a developing skill. Dark Souls is just throwing yourself at it until you actually know what to do. No, that's just my opinion. We're all about the hot takes here. <laughs> that's why no one will stay, even if we have our big ten, our big ten anniversary. Mm-hmm. No one will stay and listen to us, except for our friends who are forced to because they're our friends. <laughs> but, you know, it's for a lot of for I mean, games that might be hard for you uh, might be easy to other people right? yeah. or games that might be hard for other people are easy for you. Yeah, no, I, I totally recognize that. I just don't. The, my, my thing with. Dark Souls in particular. I'm, I'm going to keep bringing this up because we're still on this. But I think with Dark Souls in particular about that though is when I play Dark Souls, I don't. Th- I never feel like I'm developing a skill when I play Dark Souls. I can at least say that with other games I play, right? But I don't. I can't say that about Dark Souls. Oh, you know, rhythm games. Rhythm games, I feel like are hard. They're hard. Yeah. Like it takes like. It takes actual skill to get to like the actual hard shit of rhythm games. Yeah. But like when I play Dark Souls, I don't feel like I'm developing a skill when I play that game. I feel like what I'm developing is getting good at Dark Souls. Mm. I don't feel like I'm getting good at games. I feel like I'm getting good at Dark Souls. Is that wrong though? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I just don't think that's like a that's something that is hard to do. Or so you don't so it doesn't transfer to other things, is that why? It it doesn't. It never feels like I'm getting good at anything else. When I, when I beat a boss in Dark Souls, I'm I'm only beating that boss, right? And the only time I that translate is that I beat other bosses or other monsters that's similar to that. But the instant I face anything unrecognizable, my skills stop translating. My Dark Souls skills, quote unquote, it just stops translating. I have to just throw myself at it over and over again again. It's just more trial, trial and error when I, fa- uh, when I play Dark Souls. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. That's just my opinion. It's fine. Fine yeah. to have opinions. I know uh, some of our friends actually play a lot of Dark Souls. I know Xanthem, Daniel, um, played the Dark Souls game. And if he listens to this, I want to hear his opinion. Because uh, uh, I want to see if he agrees with me. I don't think he will, because I don't think a lot of people will. I think um, they might be thinking like I'm kind of splitting hairs about what the difficulty is, 
but I'm curious what he thinks about what I have to say, though, in particular of that. Well, we actually went on for like another 20 minutes on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a lot to say. Yeah. You know, it's a it's an interesting topic. And uh... oh, but getting into that, you're not a true game with that. Fuck you guys who say like you're not a true gamer. Fuck you guys. Or if you're not, you're not a true anime fan. Or not a true movie fan. Fuck yeah. you guys. It's, it, I don't have to watch Casablanca. Or, or like, like Citizen Kane. Uh, Citizen, Citizen Kane. Like I don't need to watch those movies to be a true movie fan or whatever. If you're gonna, don't gatekeep an entire medium. Is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> like I can understand gatekeeping series at least. Like, I don't agree with you, but I can understand if you, like, gatekeep, like, SMT. Mm-hmm. Or if you gatekeep Yakuza. Or you gatekeep Pokemon. Like, I don't agree with you, but I understand. Yeah. But you can say, I'm gonna... You're not a true gamer. I'm like, fuck you guys. <laughs> you're not a true, like, movie watcher. You're not a true... A true movie buff or Yeah, something. movie buff. Or you're not a true, like, um, uh, uh, anime fan. Yeah. Like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Let people enjoy the things that they like. Yeah. Don't don't try to like tell people they can't enjoy things because it makes them not want to be part of a community. Yeah. It makes them not want to do the things they don't want to do. You know, if they want to play, you know, Plants vs Zombies in 2019, mm-hmm. or Angry still a good game. <laughs> yeah. Still a good game. I still <laughs> like Plants vs Zombies. If they want to play Angry Birds or whatever in 2019 Mm -hmm. that's totally fine and it's totally up to them Mm -hmm. you know i just think it's it's messed up if you just tell somebody that they're not not into the things that they like yeah (laughs) like who are you to decide Mm -hmm. whether or not somebody you know is a true of anything yeah you know with that said, though, <laughs> I think this is where we should end it before yeah. we go on too long. Yeah. And um, it's past our bedtime. Very much so. <laughs> so thank you for watching episode 10. The big 10. Of just should a couple I, thoughts. I should remind you it's the big 10. Yeah. Um, You know, like since we've been doing this for... 10 episodes now. Mm-hmm. I absolutely feel, I absolutely feel comfortable saying share this with your friends everyone. <laughs> Honestly, cuz now we're getting to the point where like okay, I feel like I'm comfortable doing this now. Mm-hmm. Right. So, share this with uh, your friends. It might not be the most professional podcast. And we only talk about certain subjects, not every podcast is for everyone, but we really want to like spread this around and get more people talking to us at least yeah doesn't it, you know i've uh, i've had people ask me what our podcast is about mm. and like people are like some people that i've talked to they're like are you do you guys talk about like couples stuff or romance advice mm. and i'm like not really <laughs> well we don't not- I mean, we do, but... Sorry. We do every once in a while. It's, yeah. it's one of those things where, like, okay, to give a couple of advice, we have to have people watching us. Yeah. So it's like, well... <laughs> otherwise, we're just talking about us. And that's not... That's not helpful for everyone. Yeah. That's kind of boring. Yeah. I think. So, like, if you, if you want a couple of advice, email us. <laughs> yeah. it, it, like, like I said, just uh, share it around. We talk about anything and everything. And if you comment, we will talk about whatever you want. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, and it's, like, it's and if you want couple advice, we are a real life couple. 
So it's not just um, we're not just faking it. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. So like, shoot us a question if you really want a couple of advice. Yeah, we will give it. I would just love. I love talking about things that people bring up. Yeah. So it's really cool, and I'm really glad that people support us. Yes. Yeah. And next episode, I will have our podcast up on podcasting sites. Really? Yes, because I, I said to you before that if we're able to do this for 10 episodes, I will actually make a podcast, uh, an RSS feed, basically. Wow. So you can actually... Listen to us through stuff like Podbean and Pod, uh, Castbox, or um, maybe I'll put it up in Spotify and SoundCloud. Although mm-hmm. Spotify, and SoundCloud, that's more of a pain in the ass to do. But at least the major podcasting sites, mm-hmm. I'll get that up and running. Mm. Then we'll be official. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, Thank you for listening, and we have been your resident couple. Thank you for listening to episode 10, everyone. Thanks for for this journey. Yes. 10-episode journey. Big 10. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>